everybody. Welcome into Mining Stock Daily this Monday. We're going to kick off with some corporate updates. And here's one I've been really excited to uh, to get done. Uh, I'm happy to welcome in. Well, I guess he's a f- right now officially the CEO of Millennial Precious Metals. Uh, there's a little bit of a merger going on between Millennial and also Integra Resources. Uh, when that deal is done, Jason Kosek will then become the CEO of the newly merged Integra Resources. And so we're going to talk more about this deal. And then also there's a little bit of exploration work that we need to uh, cover from the Delamar project. But Jason, happy Monday to you, buddy. You as well, Trevor. Thanks for having me on again, mate. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if timing, timing is pretty good here in this situation. You announced the merger of Integra and Millennial Precious Metals. And then uh, a couple of weeks after that, it really feels like the gold bull market is upon us once again. You know, Trevor, it's, uh, I wish it happened a little bit earlier. It would have been easier <laughs> to raise $35 million instead of when gold was going down every single day. But the, the important thing is that we got the deal done or the financing done and, uh, with a lot of great institutional shareholders. But that's is what we're, George and I were really trying to do is, is build a vehicle that is the go-to vehicle for when this market turns. It is your go-to kind of investable vehicle from a size, scalability, scarcity factor, liquidity on the NYSE, you know, people, if they want to own gold and silver and growth in the best jurisdictions in the world, it's, it's a one-stop shop. So let's talk about this. So part of, you know, part of the terms of this merger was needed to go out and raising 35 million Canadian. You announced last week that that has been done. That deal is closed. Talk to us about, you know, was it challenging to get this $35 million? It's not an easy task. That's a big sum of money. Who came in to support the deal? And anybody new, actually, that uh, maybe came in from the sidelines you didn't expect? Yeah, you know, both uh, Integra and, and Millennial had great institutional shareholders that are very supportive. And, and frankly, uh, a lot of the big institutions have been craving or, or really telling the, the issuers that this needs to be done. Uh, there's just too many companies out there. So it was very supportive uh, from all, pretty much all the long only gold funds um, from Franklin, Merck, Vescor, Dalbrook, uh, Century, and the list goes on. Um, one of the big new groups that came in was was Wheat and Precious Metals. Uh, they were amazing to deal with. Uh, Randy and his team were, were, were really good to deal with. Um, and it was, it was a competitive process to bring them in. We knew to, to, to raise that quantum of money, uh, you know, a month ago would have been difficult given the current gold tape. So we knew we needed to bring in new blood. Um, like I said, it was a competitive process. There was multiple people with, with offers on the table. Um, but you know, you know, selling 9.9% of the, 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 the well, them coming alongside the the, the sub-receipt financing and them taking 9.9% in exchange for a ROFR uh, on the existing assets that are in the pro forma company, uh, you know, doesn't really hinder us uh, in, in, in any way. You know, if we want to sell one down the road, they have a, a right of first refusal. If we don't, then then there, there's nothing to it. Uh, and to maintain that ROFR, they have to stay above 5%. Okay. Uh, what else needs to be done? I know there's a number of kind of like checklist box items that you needed to be complete. Raising $35 million was just one of them. Uh, so yeah. what's kind of coming down the pipeline next for this 
this business merger? So millennial will need a shareholder vote. So 66 and two thirds need to be approved by millennial shareholders. Like I said, you know, 60% of our shareholders are, are institutional shareholders and all of them participated in the financing. So, you know, from a risk perspective, I don't see much of a risk there. Uh, that vote will happen uh, the end of April. Um, and then a week after that, we will we'll close the 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 the, the transaction. Okay. Uh, but then there is a rollback on the total shares outstanding, correct? Correct. So okay. two and a half one uh, to one consolidation, and that's really just to keep uh, our NYSE listing. Okay. Um, you yeah. know, I think one of the the criticisms of this deal, Jason, I'm sure you've gotten, is really this would be the second rollback in Integra's very young history here, you know, as Integra resources here. And a lot of people who have been in this game for a long time will say, well, rollbacks usually kiss the death of the company. But I I know that you don't feel like that's going to be the case. I'm wondering if you can tell us why. Yeah. You know, I think for, you know, you're basically kind of doing something that will be accretive in and change really the dynamics of of where Integra was going and, and frankly where Millennial was going. And the beauty is is now that you have you know Integra let's call it let's face it was going into a permitting cycle, right? It was no new a lot less news. It becomes a permitting story. Mm-hmm. Um, what the Millennial assets add to that is that it gives us that exploration euphoria of big step out holes in, in really significantly growing the resource that Integra had, you know, two, three years ago. Um, what it brings to millennial shareholders is it gets a project that's much closer to a record of decision mm-hmm. and brings in a team that's already done permitting and engineering. And then that team just moves over to, to, to the millennial assets. So it gives you, that uh that it, like i like george likes to say uh exploration sizzle so to speak that commonly isn't uh associated with with uh, a development permitting story and and also now you have multiple horses in the race so if something gets delayed we're not a single asset company that's backed into a corner and you know when you're kind of you know, hitting the reset button but like you you you're starting a, a, a brand new story in in to keep your your NYSE listing, I think it's 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 something that we have to do uh, to increase liquidity and increase our U.S. audience. Yeah, uh, you know, let, let me turn to be a little bit um, a little bit selfish here, Jason. So Integra Resources for years, and a lot of people who listen to the podcast know that I've been a share shareholder of Integra um, for for a while now. In fact, it is one of my largest positions in my own portfolio. So with that said. Uh, now most of my money is not only behind the same team of Integra, but also you at the helm here, you know, so I guess, you know, reaffirm to me that, you know, my position is in good hands, but this is, there is complete upside. I will say, I like the deal. In fact, I bought more just a couple of weeks ago after the deal was announced, I bought more, but you know, what are people who are maybe critical of the deal saying to you? You know, what are some of the pushback you're getting? You know, I think one of the things is that, um, you know, when have two development companies been merged together and then actually created more value and, instead of standalone assets? Um, 
And then that's a valid question. And I think um, we all know what the issue is in this industry is, you know, the valley of the Lausanne curve, hmm. permitting hmm. risks, exploration risks. We get paid to solve those problems. Okay. So how do we solve the, the, the permitting issue? Because there's always going to be delay. That, that, that is for 100%. I will tell you, there, when you're running three projects at once, someone's going to, one of them is going to have a delay. But the beauty is, is not having just one asset. You can pivot to a different project if you need to be. So that it's just like in exploration, Trevor. You know, the reason why we have eight exploration assets is because of those eight, one might make it. From a permitting scenario, why we run three horses at once is because one is going to be delayed. I can almost tell you that for sure. So we lower our, our, our kind of timeline risk, not just the permit risk, the timeline risk. How long is it going to take to get it? Because we will get it. It just might be, they might find a three-toed frog that we need to go do more work on or something mm -hmm. like that. Uh, so that removes a lot of, a lot of that timeline risk. Um, and also brings into the story, like I mentioned to you earlier, is that instead of just you know, you go through a permitting pipeline and you go into that kind of valley of death because the millennial assets have only been drilled on a, on a, basically a notice of operations at five acres. They've never had the full plan this, you know, summer and in, into next year, there's going to be a significant amount of, of exploration news flow and resource growth mm -hmm. uh, that you wouldn't really get with a, again, with a single asset company. So, you know, those things uh, really, really change the story uh, and keeps you away from the, the major risks that plague, de de plague development stories. So, you know, people say, oh, it's going to cost more money. Yeah, it's going to cost more money. 100%. We all know that. But the reality is, is it costs more money because you're removing risk. And, and in this business, as much as we're in the business of adding ounces and, and, and doing all the engineering work, we're also in the business of risk mitigation. Okay. And by having multiple assets, yes, it costs more. Um, but I think it's a solution to, to what plagues the industry as, as single asset companies. One of the things I've always loved chatting with you is because you get really animated and, um, specifically about, you know, Mountain View and Wildcat, which was, you know, on the millennial side of things. And I'm, I'm just kind of curious about how, what your your workload is like to get getting more you know reacquainted or just acquainted in general with Delamar and if you feel the same amount of enthusiasm with Delamar as you have always done with me talking about Wildcat and Mountain View you know uh we the the, the, the whole integrity team has been amazing to work with we've looked at so many projects Trevor so have they some teams are great to work with. Integra team was really, really fantastic to work with, you know, from Tim to Andre to Josh, George, everyone has been really good. Uh, but that, that is something that we're going to have to, to work on is merging the two teams. That, that, that's for sure. Um, so we're going to go spend, you know, quite a, quite a bit of time at the beginning of April uh, at the Dalamar project. But we've done ex extensive, you know, kind of, site reviews and, 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 and database. We've ripped apart their database. They ripped apart ours, you know, BD ripped apart ours, a bunch of royalty companies ripped apart ours and theirs. So, you know, the biggest thing is as a geologist is 
you fall in love with projects and you start believing everything so to speak, you know, I say believing your own bullshit, but when people rip through your data rooms and you get that stamp of approval from a Wheaton and from all their other competitors, it makes you feel a lot more comfortable. But, you know, there's a tremendous amount of upside at, 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 at Delamar that the market will just won't ascribe any value to, right? You know, there's some really nice high grade veins that sit underneath uh, Florida Mountain that you just won't get any value for, okay? Um, the other thing too is, you know, those stockpiles, you know, you're probably going to be close to almost a million ounces in those stockpiles and call it recoverable ounces, payable ounces, probably around half a million. That adds about $200 million of NAV to the Delamar Oxide project. And, you know, if someone were to put out a hole of 0.6 over 111 meters oxide, that's a significant intercept. Right. You know, I, I, I was really... I always get skeptical about stockpiles because I've, I've tried to do this in the past and it didn't work, but you can actually see the dump patterns in, mm. in the stockpiles. Like there's actually, you can actually see each in dump. It's, it's, it's quite, quite amazing. So they, you know, there's a lot of, you know, true exploration upside. And then there's a lot of kind of call it development and, and nav upside with the stockpiles. I, I was going to ask you if it's uh, kosher to ask you to comment about Delamar, but I, get, I think I got my question because I want to talk about the stockpile re, uh, uh, exploration work. I mean, this it is very meaningful. In fact, 111 meters. Listen, I, I wasn't surprised at all to see the grade. I was surprised to see the width of that of that interval, mm-hmm. and that you start to, you can start really picturing what basically scooping up that stockpile and putting it on a pad might actually look like here pretty quickly and start, you know, actually mining something. So that's, yeah, it's all right there. But on top of the work at Delamar, I I do have to ask you, what's the update with in Nevada with Wildcat and, and Mountain View? Because I think obviously we, we know the process of where Delamar's at, but while those two projects in Nevada and a little bit, early of a stage as far as getting your work permits going. So give us a sense of where that sits and what the timeline looks like for 2023. Yeah. So the, the exploration plan of operations has been submitted to, to the both BLM offices. You know, this, this is the thing that these are things that aren't in our control anymore. So, you know, we're saying H2 because I, I, I don't know where it's going to fall. Um, so that's, we still have 30 pads made at Wildcat um, in about point seven of an acre left of disturbance so we still can start the program um for, for, for those step out holes um and then like i said the pea is still scheduled for for hoping middle of june along with the integra resource update including the stockpiles for june so we'll you know close um like i said early may and and, and really have significant news flow from the resource the pea the exploration drilling, and then finishing off, you know, the most important thing is, is getting that mine plan of operations submitted to, 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 to the BLM. Um, that's the, you know, that's the first step of, of, you know, significant re-rating opportunity for development companies is, is getting that work done. It's basically a feasibility study, right. Um, to, that you submit to the government. Um, and then, you know, those are, those are, pretty big uh, catalyst coming down the pipe. And, and like I said, with significant news flow from the drill bit from, from Wildcat and probably some from Mountain View, uh, you know, the market will be, you know, 
getting their fix of, of exciting exploration stuff and, and development yeah. stuff as well. Uh, stepping away from the company and looking at the market as a whole here, Jason, uh, you know, this, this merger is definitely timely. I think it's meaningful, if I may say so. But I'm wondering if, listen, last week was really exciting for not only gold, but some of the gold equities and, and silver equities. Like there was obviously a lot of buying coming in towards the end of the week, but there's still a lot of companies that have made new 52-week lows right alongside companies that were, you know, getting moonshot. So I guess your advice, your recommendation to other exploration CEOs out there in terms of consolidating, merging, finding those opportunities. If you still are having a hard time going out there and raising a and raising a meaningful amount of cash to do your work this year, do you go back and consider working with your peers and your colleagues in some sort of consolidation? Yeah, I, I think it needs to be done, you know, in order to, to get, I, I think there's a, people don't really understand how much money it takes to, for people to drill off projects, do all the engineering, do all the permitting work, all the baseline work. You need eight seasons of baseline work. It costs a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're a $30 million company, but you need $50 million just to get a record of decision. It's it's very very difficult to to do that. You know, even raising thirty five million for on a, on a pro forma basis, you know, a hundred and twenty million dollar company is still a lot of money to to raise for for that size of company. So to make vehicles and 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 companies investable, size really matters. Um, and in order to do the proper work from a permitting scenario, from an engineering scenario, from a drilling scenario. Um, you know, you need to tap these bigger funds and these bigger funds can't be writing small, small checks for these small illiquid companies. So if you really want to be serious and advance something to, to, you know, a record of decision or, or production, um, you need to make a, a vehicle that is investable for these bigger gold funds. Cause those are the guys that are really writing checks. Uh, you know, that's just, that's the reality. You know, at the end of the day, that's, just, that's what we built here is that, Here's a company that by the end of the year is going to be probably pushing close to 7 million ounces, if not over 7 million ounces. And on a pro forma basis, could be pumping over 230, close to 250,000 ounces per annum. You know, that's a that's a significant company. And companies of that stature are, you know, half a billion to a billion and a half, you know. Jason Simpson and 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 uh, the Orla team have done an amazing job. You know, we're not recreating the wheel here. We're just, you know, they, they did spectacular job. Um, and you know, that's why they deserve, you know, kind of a one point four, one point five billion dollar valuation. All right, Jason. So uh, this spring, later this spring, late May. We'll come to sight. Oh man, uh, it's going to be. There's going to be a lot of news flowing, floating around out of uh, the new fully merged Integra resources. So I look forward to that. But uh, best of luck to you and the rest of the Millennial Precious Metals and Integra team to get this this work done and complete and then just move forward with the fun stuff. Awesome. Well, we'll have you decide. And, and thanks again for your time, buddy. Oh, I, I might get my uh, my three timer coat. That's Don't you get a you get a jacket when you visit a site for the third time? 
Yeah, well, we don't, have, we don't have any millennial jackets. Maybe we will get some integral ones. Yeah, there you go. There you go. All right. So Integra Resources trades on the Venture Exchange with ITR and the NYSE American with ITRG. Millennial Precious Metals continues to trade on the Venture Exchange for the time being with MPM. Jason, have yourself a good rest of your week, my friend. You as well. Take care. The information presented should not be considered investment advice. Mining Stock Daily and its affiliates are not responsible for any loss arising from any investment decision in connection with the material presented herein. Please do your own research or speak with a licensed financial representative before making any investment decisions.